Several Issues Etc. regular guests are candidates for leadership positions in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has received nomination forms for the President and Vice Presidents of Synod. Please encourage your pastor and congregational leaders to fill out and return these nomination forms before February 28th of 2023. Learn more at issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. Issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed the sick and afflicted. I can think of few more desperate situations that a father might find himself in than the imminent death of one of his children. And that's exactly where Jairus, this leader of the synagogue, finds himself. His daughter is at home. She is near death. He has ventured out to find the teacher, Jesus, and see if there's anything he can come and do. He wants healing. Ultimately, what Jesus ends up doing is raising her from the dead. Welcome back to Issues Etc. It's time to teach a Sunday school lesson on Jesus healing Jairus' daughter. A little bit later, we'll discuss the feeding of the 5,000 in John chapter 6. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. He's host of a radio show called Law and Gospel for almost 30 years. He met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Uh, thank you. Why were such large crowds coming to Jesus? They were coming to Jesus because he had already done one miracle, the first one changing water into wine. And then just before our text, he had also stilled a storm. And the garrisoned demoniac, which a lot of people would remember about, this was the one who was filled with demons. And Jesus sent them into the pigs, but then the unclean spirits came out, entered the swine, and they rushed down the hill into the sea, and they were drowned in the sea. So the people actually asked Jesus to leave the neighborhood. And as he was getting into the boat, leaving the neighborhood, the man who had been possessed by demons begged him that he might be with him, but Jesus refused him and said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, that's the 10 cities, how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. And so it says in Mark 5, the very next verses, when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. And so that's the answer as to why crowds were around him, because they were very interested in the miracles that Jesus had done. We're told that Jairus was a leader of the synagogue. What does that mean? Yes. In our church, the Christian church, we have a pastor, but then we also have elders. And I would kind of compare a leader of the synagogue to an elder. He wasn't the pastor, but for example, he would choose who was to preach. When Jesus came to Nazareth, it was the leader of the synagogue that asked him to do the preaching. 
and the people wanted to throw him off a cliff because he wouldn't do any miracles for them. At any rate, he is one of the leaders of the synagogue. His name was Jairus. And what's so important is this text is found in three Gospels, Matthew chapter 9, Mark chapter 5, and Luke chapter 8. And I would encourage the Sunday school teachers to read all sections because sometimes things are said more specifically. For example, in Mark 5, it says, when Jairus saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. In Luke 8, it says he fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. But Matthew 9, that's very interesting what it says, verse 18, a leader of the synagogue came in and knelt before him. Now, for a leader of the synagogue to kneel before Jesus would have been really, really important to the people because he was regarding Jesus not just as, well, another human being who can do a sermon, but at least as a prophet and perhaps even as the Messiah that the people were waiting for. So his kneeling before Jesus was an act of worship, which was very, very important at that time. What then was Jairus' request? He says, and this is in Mark 5, come and lay your hands on my daughter so that she may be made well and live. So he was saying that my little daughter is at the point of death. She was very sick. In fact, come and help her was what Jairus asked. And so it says, so he, that's Jesus, went with him and he took his disciples. But then we have an interlude here where a woman who had been suffering from bleeding for 12 years came to Jesus and she believed if I just touch his clothes, I will be made well. And sure enough, her bleeding stopped. Jesus had a conversation with her, ending in verse 34 of Mark chapter 5. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And then in verse 35, we return to the situation with Jairus. How does Jairus then find out his daughter has died? It says in verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Jesus overheard what they said, according to verse 36. And he said to the leader of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. Now, that's what Mark 5 says. Luke, though, adds something. He says, do not fear, only believe, and she will be saved. That's Luke chapter 8, verse 
50. So it's not that these are contradictions in the Bible, but that each gospel writer inspired by the Holy Spirit decides just what they are to put into these miracle events. And so it's important to read all three gospels ahead of time to see some of the important items, like what we just said, according to Luke 8, Jesus says she will be saved. He does not say that in Mark 5, do not fear, only believe. So after saying that, they continue to go to the house of Jairus. Why does Jesus allow only Peter, James, and John to follow him to the house? Yes, it says that's all he allowed. But in verse 51 of Luke 8, when he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Now, this is referred to as a messianic secret in the sense that Jesus was concerned that the more that the Pharisees and the unbelievers heard what miracles he was doing, and the more they spoke against Jesus, the sooner he might have been put to death, and the time had not yet come for his crucifixion. So it's not surprising that he tells people to be quiet about this. In fact, that is actually said at the end of this section in Mark 5, after the child is healed, Jesus strictly orders the parents that no one should know this. And her parents were astounded, but he ordered them to tell no one what had happened. Now, of course, Jesus does that a number of times, but people often go around and talk about it. Now, the man who was healed of the demons in the previous section, Jesus told them to go to the cities of Decapolis, which means 10 cities, but these were Gentile cities. And so there were not really at that time people who hated Jesus and wanted him put to death. So he did allow him to talk about the miracle and what God had done. But in this situation, as we're going to see, the people did not have faith in Jesus at all when he arrived at Jairus' house. So Jesus says the child is not dead but sleeping. What, is, what does he mean by that? What he means by that is a lot of times on tombstones, you will have a sleep in Jesus. It reminds us of what Jesus said to Martha when he went to raise Lazarus from the dead. He said to her that those who believe in me will never die. What he meant by that is, well, your flesh may die and be buried, but your spirit will continue and will go directly to heaven as happened with the thief on the cross when Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. So what is happening here is that when Jesus says she's sleeping, that means that from God's point of view, 
she is not really dead, but she's asleep in Jesus, and she can be woken up. In fact, Jesus uses that same language when he goes to heal Lazarus. He tells his disciples, well, he's sleeping. But then he makes it clear that he has died. So we Christians make a distinction between sleeping, which means our spirit is not dead. It is with Jesus. But we are dead when it comes to our flesh that will also be raised from the dead, but not until judgment day to join with our spirit in heaven. And so in Mark 5, when he gets there, there's a commotion among the people, weeping and wailing loudly. And he enters and says to them, why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And then Luke 8 gives a very important point. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. So there again, we have a reason that they did not have faith that Jesus could heal her, in contrast to the disciples who had seen other miracles, plus the parents who Jesus said, I'll come and she will be healed. So they had faith, but these other people didn't. They were laughing at him when he said that she was sleeping. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school school lesson on Jesus healing Jairus' daughter. We'll get to the actual raising of the dead next. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with the centurion's servant, the widow of Nain, John's question, none greater, and the sinful woman, part one. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial-A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial-A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Sanctifying your commute with the Word of God. You're listening to Issues Etc. You wish your classical school could do more for struggling learners? Uncertain where to begin? The Memoria Press Schools Division includes Cheryl Swope, author of Simply Classical, a beautiful education for any child. The Schools Division will happily assist your school. Memoria Press offers an entire line of special needs resources for teaching math, reading, spelling, and more. Contact schools at memoriapress.com or order directly from simplyclassical.com with coupon code LPR23. For your next family vacation, consider Our Beach House. 
a charming three-bedroom vacation rental on beautiful Siesta Key. Just off Sarasota, Florida, Siesta Key Beach, consistently voted America's best, is just 100 steps away. Whether you're watching the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico or frolicking in the warm surf, you and your family will fall in love with Siesta Key. Check us out at SiestaKeyRentalGenie.com or call Virginia at 941-266-1858. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Talk about Jesus healing Jairus' daughter, raising her from the dead in Mark chapter 5. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. So how does Jesus actually raise Jairus' daughter from the dead there? Well, Mark chapter 5 says, He put them all outside, took the child's father and mother, and those who were with him, and those were the three disciples you've already mentioned, Peter, James, and John, and went in where the child was. And then all three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, says he took her by the hand and then said, now, in Mark, the actual words of Jesus in the Aramaic are quoted, Talitha Kum, which means little girl, get up. Luke does only the Greek translation, child, get up. And immediately, verse 42 of Mark 5, the little girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. And it says in verse 55, how that occurred. Her spirit returned. Now that's Luke 8, verse 55. And so her spirit had left her, whether it was with Jesus in heaven or whatever, it's not clear. But then when she got raised up, her spirit returned and was with her once more. That's kind of important to tell the Sunday school children because in most churches, you would be teaching Sunday school children around her age, 12 years old. And so you want to make this clear to the children that God takes care of us. And there are times when, and that's what's real good about Enduring Faith, the Concordia Publishing House material, they show that Jesus continues to heal today. Maybe you need to take some medicine, but their best verse that they like to have memorized by the students is Acts 9, verse 34. Jesus Christ heals you. And they also show very clearly that that occurred in your baptism when Jesus touched you with the waters of baptism and you heard his words that you were now brought into the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was in you and he has really broken your sinful state and declared you to be righteous in his sight, giving you life. 
So the children need to be told that what happened to this young girl, namely revived to life, also happened to them in their baptism because they were born dead in sin, but baptism brought them into being a child of Jesus Christ, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit. Not by being begotten, like Jesus was, but by being adopted. So our spirit doesn't return when we're baptized, but if you listen to the Psalms, David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And so that's the life of a Christian. You have a new spirit because of the Holy Spirit in baptism. And therefore, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. How does the crowd react to this miracle? Well, it says they were overcome with amazement. But that could be referring to just the parents and the disciples. Because it does say in Matthew, and the report of this spread throughout that district. So obviously, the people who were outside the door realized what Jesus had done. And like the demoniac who was cured, they went around and shared the message, which meant that Jesus was getting even larger crowds in his continual preaching about the kingdom of God. Even though it says clearly, Jesus ordered her parents not to tell what had happened. But obviously when the child walks out of the house, all the people who were outside were totally amazed. And that's the point that we need to help the children. They need to be amazed at what Jesus Christ has done for them in their baptism and gives an opportunity for the Sunday school teacher to find out which of the students have not been baptized, talk with the parents, and try and encourage that baptism in the Christian church. What then should the Sunday school children learn from this account of Jesus' miracle? What they need to learn is that God takes care of us. And at times it doesn't appear to be that way because you can go to your mom or dad and say, I got a headache. And then they give you an aspirin or a Tylenol or some pill. And I I still haven't figured that out. You swallow it up, it goes down to your stomach, but then your headache goes away. The children need to understand that antibiotics, and this is mentioned in Enduring Faith, had not occurred until about the middle of the 20th century. So we have many ways in which we are healed by God through antibiotics, through nurses, through doctors, and the care of our parents. And we need to recognize that when we are sick, we pray to Jesus and he will always do for us what is best for us as he promises. 
What is the law and gospel of this lesson? The law is that sometimes we can become depressed and wonder if God really is with us when sin and sickness causes us to be overcome with illness. That's the law reminding us that we are not in control of our lives. But the gospel is that clearly in the Bible, Jesus shows his power not only over our death, but also over our sin. And when he was raised from the dead, it's very important to remember he was raised by his own power. He took down his life, but he brought it up. And that's the God that we have, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who promises that when we call upon him, he will deliver us. We are teaching a Sunday school lesson with Pastor Tom Baker, host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. When we return, it's Jesus feeding the 5,000 in John chapter 6. Folks, Life Week 2023 is Sunday, January 15th through Saturday, January 21st. Learn more about Life Week at lutheransforlife.org. Equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. Lutherans for Life, lutheransforlife.org. Thanks to our 2022 listeners in more than 160 countries. Please help us reach more worldwide listeners next year by making a year-end tax-deductible gift. For a year-end donation of $250 or more, we'll send you a new recording of 22 hymns featuring the Lutheran Public Radio Choir and our latest book, The Wittenberg Trail, Paths to Lutheranism. You can make a secure online contribution at issuesetc.org. Thank you for supporting the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. What does anthropology or the science of mankind, the study of mankind, have to do with Christmas? Well, it has everything to do with Christmas. As the December issue of The Lutheran Witness points out, to understand what man is and what it means to be man, we don't look to other men, but to Jesus Christ, the man. To subscribe to The Lutheran Witness, visit cph.org witness or visit our website witness.lsms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Christ-centered, cross-focused, you're listening to Issues Etc. It's the days before Christmas and the list is so long of whom to buy what for, so I'll help you along. Ad Crucem has gifts for all budgets and tastes. Our service is quick for shoppers in haste. Pop over to the website adcrucem.com for gifts focused on Christ where it's always belonged. Reminders of his work for saints in this world and his promises eternal yet to be fulfilled. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. Did you know that Luther Academy has been providing continuing education for confessional Lutheran pastors and laypeople worldwide for more than 20 years? Luther Academy publishes Logia, the Confessional Lutheran Dogmatic Series, and Luther Digest. 
Find out more about Luther Academy and sign up to receive their free email newsletter at lutheracademy.com. lutheracademy.com and like them on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Luther Academy.